Hey besties, welcome to Homeroom, a High School Musical, the Musical, the Series podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. It's our second episode, um, so if you haven't streamed the first one, go do that, because today we are recapping Season 1, Episodes 3, The Wonder Studies, and Season 1, Episode 4, Blocking. I'm with Mina and Promise, and yeah, we're going to get started. So, um, my first big topic of discussion before anything else is back to what we were talking about last time who is wrong ej or ricky because ej on one hand stole the phone but ricky left that weird voicemail i mean honestly yeah ej's a thief but he's hot so (laughs) (laughs) right i know i think ricky is wrong overall because everybody's always like um telling ej oh you're just paranoid and stuff but it's like, this is literally happening in front of him. No, literally. Okay, so did y'all notice when he saw, EJ saw Nini on the phone, like, texting. And then he looked over and he saw Ricky on the phone texting. And then Ricky looked up. He noticed that EJ saw them both. And he gave him a look like, yeah, I'm texting your girl. So, yeah, Ricky can kind of be a menace sometimes. Like, let's not lie. Yeah, like. Right. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. They're doing it all in front of him. And. He caught on immediately, but. <laughs> and like people were calling him really paranoid for the whole thing. But like Nini was laughing at her phone, giggling at her phone, like kind of looking at him across the room. Like, that's weird. That is weird. Yeah. I w- Anyone should be insecure about that. If- honestly. Literally, if somebody's saying a love song. Also, okay. Also, the way EJ didn't know. Exactly. About, I think he kind of, you know. She archived the post. That was sick. Sketchy. She didn't even delete it. She just archived it for later. It's so crazy. She knew they were going to get back together. Yeah. But yeah. And oh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you can go. What was I going to say? Actually, I don't remember. Go ahead. (laughs) Um. Yeah. And then the whole thing with the voicemail was like, even if Nini had got that, like, what did he want her to say? It's like. He he had to have wanted to pick them up. So it's not even like he was just saying it to get it off his chest. Like, he was saying it like, we need to talk. Like, I miss you. Like, come I agree, on. because what moment did they even share during Wondering? They just exactly. looked at him. So what was he? He just looked at her. He, she wasn't really even looking at it. It was really all him. Like, it was really all in his head. So I don't, I'm not sure what moment he was even referring to. She had more yeah. of a moment with Ashlyn than Ricky. she definitely there's something there i think ashlyn's like low-key in love with her yeah definitely i could see that and like that's probably why ashlyn was more team nini than anyone else like ej is literally your cousin and you're taking nini's side every single time you can't tell me that girl is not in love with her like right but like ashlyn also has like no purpose like the whole time i was watching i was like She's saying all these things and nobody's listening to her. Same it's so red. sad. Like Big Red would give Ricky the most, like, like the most best advice that like, you could give your friend. And Ricky would just do the opposite. Like they don't listen. Yeah. Red heads are just here to be therapists that no one listens to. I just <laughs> and that's what they're gonna do in season two. I think yeah. I think I said something about this last time, but it's like um you can see the original characters, like how they're supposed to be, 
you can see like part of them still there and it's like Tim tried to erase it but he left bits there because Ashton's like supposed to be super tough right like her things are the tough like palm reader and there's moments where she's like standing up for herself but she just immediately like yeah never mind never mind yeah you're right EJ. right no she's a doormat I was about to say the same thing like you can t- kind of tell where what direction they were going to with some of these characters and then they kind of erased it out of nowhere and thought we wouldn't notice like ej like he was supposed to have this like big anxiety storyline like he's supposed to be like very perfect on the surface but insecure underneath and you can see glimpses of that in this episode especially but they almost try to erase it and paint him as more vain if anything and it's really weird it's weird like they try they give him like weird moments and the music they play and everything it's like he's the villain but like what is he doing wrong it's just really Nini is his girlfriend yeah I agree I feel like in the beginning they wanted to give him more of a he's not a bad person he just he's insecure like he has anxiety he's flawed (laughs) but then Tim was like you know what let's just turn him into a stereotypical jock to kind of like antagonize Ricky if that makes sense to paint as a better person and i that doesn't sit right with me at all i think he could have painted them both as good people that just had misunderstandings but he definitely villainized ej for no reason he didn't need to throw in the egg thing that was so unnecessary (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) nini could have just broke it up with him because of the phone thing and that would have been valid i had to add the the egg thing like what just <laughs> and then Nini was so hateful in this episode. Like this oh, is where she goes downhill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. With Gina, like Gina teaching her the dance, she was so rude. I was like, the little side okay. comment she makes. Uh, like if you can't do the dance, like just say that. But <laughs> don't speak on my girl. And then making a whole PowerPoint about what to do because Gina is a thief, even though she had no proof. Really, Riley Matthews tease. If you know, so sick. <laughs> and the way Courtney just joined in is like yeah she did it and stole a backpack worth of stuff <laughs> Courtney never Courtney didn't even apologize that was sick and then people like I see people on Twitter like blame Courtney for that and it's like blame the black girl it's like yeah but why'd she do it because Nini told her to start stealing stuff here's the thing with the Nini stands that bothers me it's not doesn't bother me that Nini stole the stuff. What bothers me is that Nini stands act like Nini is so much better than Gina when they're really the same person, if you think about yeah. it. But Nini tries to pretend like she's a goody two-shoes and she's so much better than that. Right. They both have the same common goal, which is to be Gabriella, mm-hmm. And they both have the same, like, I guess their only difference really is that Nini is the obvious underdog at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're supposed to root for her. But she's also just as, like, sneaky as Gina is eventually. Like, she's sneaky, too. This is going to sound weird, but um, Nini kind of reminds me of Betty um, from Riverdale. You know how she's supposed to be the... (laughs) Betty Cooper auntie, so I agree. (laughs) You know how she's supposed to be, like, the girl next door. But throughout the season, you can kind of see her, like, stray away from that. But she kind of comes back to it sometimes. I yeah. feel like that's what Nini's doing, but instead of like naturally just straying away from it, she's like forcefully pulling herself back. Like, oh no, this is who I am. Let me just come back to this. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> she does give Betty Cooper vibes a little bit. Like, uh, dark Nini is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> instead of a black wig, she's gonna have a blonde wig. 
<laughs> oh god. I don't know. I think Mimi is almost envious of Gina sometimes because she wishes she was as ambitious as her. Because I think right. she wishes she was more focused on like her acting and like she was more focused on like herself instead of on boys. And she sees Gina and she's so talented and she's so hardworking and she almost wishes she was like her. That's something. Yeah. yeah. And they're kind of opposites in that way because Gina admires that Nini is able to have a life outside of her acting and dancing and stuff. And she wants kind of that for herself now that she found roots in Utah. Mm -hmm. And then Nini wants to leave these roots and like get focused into her work. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like, I don't know the word like reverse parallels or something Oil. yeah which is why they're good like they're a good two main leads for sure as long as they don't try to make them friends like <sighs> yeah they already tried with the whole um Thanksgiving not to spoil later apple. episodes but yeah like they try it later and it's like weird it's just it's never gonna work out as a friendship they just put it as frenemies yeah I have Right. That, but I'll wait till we get to that episode. <sighs> I hate it. Good frenemies are like good though. Like I think that it's better than just making them friends for no reason. Because think about it. If they weren't put in the same production and Gina wasn't her understudy, they probably would have never, never been friends anyway. Cross nope. Right. So the frenemies dynamic is good because it shows off their differences. More. I agree. My next point is <laughs> EJ being a hypocrite that was so funny when he was like when Nini came to him in the library and was like yeah I stole so much of Gina's stuff and he's like sick to his stomach <laughs> he, he was like I can't believe you oh god it's like <laughs> you stole like... he was like stick, sick to his stomach and it's like you're the one that has her phone. <laughs> oh my gosh you know what that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm always doing this just comparing it to other shows but that reminds me, I don't know if you guys, have you guys seen um, You on Netflix? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Remember when Joe, like, found out all about love? And he was like, yes. oh my gosh, you're a monster. <laughs> calling the kettle black. Yeah, it's like, what? Like, sometimes I can see why people are like, ugh, EJ's the worst. Like, yeah, he does yeah. sick stuff. But he, he does, I can't believe he poisoned that girl. That was. <laughs> he just, he means well, but just. He has good intentions. it horribly. Yeah the like even his thought behind writing a billion sorries like oh ricky and nini bonded over a song i'm gonna write her a song like come up with something genuine he has like nothing but that's probably just stemming back to him not liking nini at all and like really liking her i feel like he likes the idea of nini he feels like nini makes him a better person and i feel like it has to do with that more than him generally like being in love with her that's right because even when she comes to him in the library, it's like, I guess he sees her as, like, the moral standard. Exactly. It's like, why? She's a person, too. Yeah. But, like, she's his learning experience, which is weird. Yeah. If I'm being honest, episode um, three is just, it's a snooze fest. Like, honestly, <laughs> episode three and episode eight are probably the two, like, worst episodes in the season, in my think- opinion. I think those are the lowest rating episodes too. Makes sense. Yeah. Because I just feel like they had all of these storylines that they introduced in episode three and they that never get brought out. Like Wonder Studies. Yeah. That was yeah. an underwhelming plot line that they came up with. 
And I feel like it had yeah. so much potential, but they didn't live up to what it was supposed to. Like, even honestly, this sounds weird. It's really weird to me. But like, if they wanted us, I don't know if they want us to ship EJ and Gina yet. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't know if that's what they're going for. But if they had wanted to, then they should have started there. I agree. They didn't. They didn't. It was no connection. There was no good scenes. Like, the scene was weird. He was literally, like, dissing her in the first scene and then going, coming to her house in the next. Like, very odd. Yeah, I, oh, I sorry. Have... I promise. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I hated how they did that whole thing. Like, I guess I know what they're going for. Like, yeah, EJ still loves her, even though he definitely doesn't. It just it makes him so, like, pitiful. I hate watching it. if they wanted wanted us to ship portwell they're doing a bad job yeah and if they like if they do push end up pushing it it's like everyone's just going to be like oh you just want to get them off of ricky and nini's backs because i don't want that for gina or ej right they're both right and like the core four doesn't have to be two couples ever that two couples being a core four like almost never works it's just so bad because there's there's always going to be two people in there that never interact at all. Right. It very, and very think- rarely works. Like, very, very rarely. The only four, four that I can think of where the all four characters were, like, in couples was the OC. But even that, like, as good as it was, it didn't even work because Marissa and Seth, Seth I don't think interact. they ever talked. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the idea of a core four that is, like, that has drama between them is never going to work because all the dynamics are crossing all the time but a dynamic that's like the dynamic they're going for i guess would be like the core four is just the four people that they give the most scenes but like they should have all like different types of dynamics and they don't i wonder if they're gonna pivot from that though because now i feel like season one was very core four based like all our episodes are gonna revolve around those four people nini ej Ricky Gina and I feel like this season they're trying something different where they're trying to make it a true ensemble show and I feel like you see that with the poster that they released for season two where they put everyone in their own spotlight and I don't know if that's going to work out the way they think it is because they don't have that many episodes to accomplish that so and not enough runtime either like 30 minute episodes you only have 12 up 30, 30 minute episodes and only 12 episodes like how is that going to work it's definitely going to be interesting. I hope it doesn't become a Degrassi situation where you see a character for like one episode and then you don't see them oh, again yeah, I, until episode eight. I hate that. You so on episode one, don't see her till the finale. <laughs> it's terrible. That would be really funny though if they did that for Nini. Like people would be. We're going to do that for um, Seb and Carlos. Give them one episode <laughs> in like episode two and then we won't see them again until the last episode. It would just be sick, but it would also be really funny. Um, I think my favorite line from episode three, though, was Ashlyn and um, EJ on the stairs. And Ashlyn goes, EJ, respectfully, have you ever even written a song? And he's like, (laughs) she's like, respectfully? He's like, no, but I'm going to steal yours. Like, he has no, it amazes me how he has nothing in his brain like he's (laughs) supposed to be smart but he's not supposed to be (laughs) he's like smart but no common sense at all but he was right like ashton never comes to mind ashton literally just gave the song to him (laughs) i don't understand 
Right. Why would you give someone like your um freaking track? She made the track and then gave it to him just because he asked. Nothing in return. Like she's sad. No, real. she really is. Like I hate to say it. I'm sorry, anyone who's listening, if you're a Ashlyn, like Stan. Um, <laughs> your girl's gonna need a lot of character development season two because I'm not really seeing it for her right now I feel like they she was supposed to be like this bold like independent free thinker but she's almost like a like a step stool for everyone else on the show like I don't understand that she's just a therapist literally her and Big Red are on that show to be therapists for the rest of them and it's sad because I feel like they have a lot more to offer but I think that she's going to be a therapist again. And I like I hate to say that, but now she's living with Gina and Gina's going through so much. She's she's bound to just no, be a literally again. Big Red and Ashlyn are going to be therapists for Ricky and Gina. Like, I hate to say it. Like, I'm sure Ricky's going to be going through a lot this season. Like, I feel like his mom might get engaged. Like, I think he's going to be. She's either engaged or. Yeah. Pregnant, and I so, think. you know, Big Red's going to have to be sitting there listening to him talk. And then Gina's moving in with Ashlyn. Like, she's going to be homesick and like possibly having problems with her feelings for Ricky. So they're both going to be in their therapist bag this season, unfortunately. Yeah. And like it's funny cuz they're the ones that are in a couple right now, but like they don't they don't they've never even interacted much. Like their interactions were weird. It came uh, out of nowhere I, starting out like a certain season, not season, certain episode. It was like Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. The, yeah. The it started was so um awful because it only started because they hurt her ankle and oh, yeah. replaced her. That's funny. If she hadn't hurt her ankle, we wouldn't have that awful shit. Wait, so it's because she hurt her ankle and then Big Red got put in the um the yeah. yeah. And then he started he was dancing like, with hmm, her. Yeah. I put the redheads together. <laughs> okay. I mean, it works because um, at least they're paired off and Ricky and Gina got to dance together. So you Things know. worked out. <laughs> um, oh, but one thing that I thought in episode three, like when I was watching for the first time, especially like I thought they were going to find out Miss Jen was never in the movie to begin with. Like they found out that she was just like a random extra. But like I thought she was genuinely not in the movie at all. And she was that just was like, honestly better. It would have been so funny, like, if they found out and were genuinely hurt. Like, she's not just... What was it? I can't remember. Like, she's not a part of the movie. She's just insane. It would be fun. Right. Like, she was just delusional and just came and put that on her resume. That I feel funny. like they hyped it up to, like, like make it seem like Miss Jenna had this big secret. And I guess it was a big secret, but it wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Like, I, I feel like it should have been better. Right, like, the last Apple thing, like, she, at least she was still on the set right. and stuff. Like, she wasn't lying yeah. about that. But if she was, it would have been, like, hell to pay. They would have never forgave her for that. But I guess they just want to, like, hype up the fact that she's, like, a failed, like, Broadway actress and all that. And they'll probably address it in season two. But it would have been if she oh. wasn't in the freaking <laughs> movie at all. That would have been, yeah. But I think... Oh, I don't even want to think about where her plot might be. Yeah, like, I, really I don't, don't. want to be like ages or anything, but I feel like it's giving her too much screen time. Like, why? She's about to have three love interests next they, season. They give her everything. When I was looking at the clothes yesterday, they give her all the best, like, outfits. Even though they're not great, but they definitely put the most effort into them. 
Right. And I right. know, like, she's, like, probably, like, technically the most, like, seasoned person in the cast. Like, she was on Broadway and stuff. But this show is for the kids. Like, we don't. Right. Nobody time. knows who she is. <laughs> um, I thought she was Kristen Chenoweth for a while. <laughs> And she's not. <laughs> what? She's fully not. I thought she's the same. I saw a TikTok of Kristen Chenoweth um, singing, like, to Kamala Harris, and I thought that that was mischievous. <laughs> I have to find these siblings are like cousins. They look similar in the face a little bit. I think they've played the same role before. They, maybe that's they both in Wicked. Like they both. Maybe I must look so serious. I think they were both in Wicked. Well, Christian was obviously in like the original production of Wicked on Broadway, but I wonder if they ever yeah. played in Wicked. I don't want to call say she looks like a witch. Much respect to the lady that plays Miss Jen, but she's scary. Yeah, yeah, she was in um, she was in Wicked. She played Glenda. Yeah, she was. Oh, in the so she played the same production. Role? Or did she play the other role? I have she no played clue. Glenda in the 2005 Chicago production of Wicked, and then Christian played on like actual Broadway. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can kind of wow. see that because they actually look very similar. So maybe they gave it to her like, hey, you look, like, you kind of look like her. Let's give you. Right. They probably wanted Kristen Chenoweth because she's been in. I, <laughs> okay, so let's give she... let's go with the Walmart version. <laughs> I was surprised that Kristen Chenoweth um, was in Descendants, like agreed to be in that. So what? I thought that they she was going to say, yeah, she was Maleficent in Descendants. So I was surprised she was ever going to do that. So I was thinking that maybe she got offered the role and was thinking, oh, High School Musical, same director, and then it wasn't the same director, and she was like, it would have been great because she noticed this. She she played a washed up (laughs) actress or whatever on Glee. Oh, it was (laughs) Maleficent. I've never noticed this. I just noticed because she has one of the scariest faces too. (laughs) Like she's so scary. But um. Yeah, and then my last thoughts about episode three are Mr. M needed to go to hell for what he said to Carlos. That so d- genuinely sick. struck me. Like, what is your... Okay, he's funny, like, not gonna lie. Like, he had to be giggling <laughs> sometimes, but he... Why are you talking to kids like that? Exactly. It was just rude, completely unprovoked. You know it's bad when I have to root for Miss Jen in the moment. Right. You know you're and down then bad when you're rooting him. for Miss Jen. She cleared him, though, so... There was that. And then they um she opened the door to them singing Stick to the Status Quo. And I'm sorry, that's probably one of the fakest, most obviously fake things I've seen <laughs> yeah. in the whole show. Like they were so clearly not singing. It's so obvious. Yeah, and they kept zooming in on their faces. I'm like, stop, you can tell they're not singing this. But yeah, that was like I think episode three was better than episode four. A little bit. Like, no, a no, little no. bit more than episode three. I don't know why though. What happened in episode four that made me like it more? I liked um Nini's All I Want performance. I think that's oh yeah. I think I liked episode three. I liked the fight scene with EJ and Ricky. I thought they could have played it up a little bit more though. It was so anticlimactic. I just feel like a lot of the storylines that they try to do on the show, they can't flush out to what they want it to be. They're limited right. by Disney Plus. Like, let's be honest. Right. But here's the thing. I'm thinking that for next season, they won't feel as limited because Disney Plus isn't, isn't like, trying to be a family-friendly yeah, market anymore. Now. 
Yeah. Which they should have always knew that they were going to do, honestly. But, yeah. So, that fight scene was very weird. With, like, the tension was there. The dialogue was almost there. It was obviously fake. That DJ did not get hit. (laughs) They hadn't put his hands up before the ball was even super close to him. There's no way that could have hit his face and made him bleed that fast. Or Or make it, like, leak onto his shirt like that. Yeah, and then... (laughs) No, and then they expected us to believe that Mr. M walked in at the end of that scene, right? And he was already on Miss Jen. So, like, he wouldn't have reported that. I I thought that he would have reported that. He definitely would have blackmailed her with that. Like, he was trying to get her out of there, like, ASAP. Right. So, if he knew that she was getting kids hurt, like, he should have been able to intercept in that or whatever. Okay, one random comment, though, about Portwell. Like, you know Portwell is a bad ship <laughs> when Jen and Mazar are serving enemy slivers better than they ever could. No, seriously. Like, I don't even see Portwell, even if they were a thing, as enemies to lovers because, like, they had one, like, enemy scene where EJ goes, you know, seniors don't talk to sophomores, whatever. Like, that was corny. corny. Portwell? I mean, so corny. Portwell has a lot going, like, could have had a lot going for them. Like, they have some of the tropes and dynamics that I really like, but nothing's there. They don't have the romantic chemistry, and that stems from Sophia's and Matt's, like, sibling dynamic in real life. Like, it's just never translate on screen. That's why towards the end of the season, you can tell that the cast was more comfortable with each other because they are, like, like, close friends, and you can tell that they're just siblings at this point. Like, even with the way... EJ got the um, plane ticket. Like, that could have been more romantic. Hey, Moth has a wasn't. big brother, like, helping out a little sister. Right. Um. Okay, so then for episode four, Nene making that big scene in the hallway with EJ, I was like, this is weird. Like, I would feel so awkward be, being in the line I'd be listening to that. Like, why would you want to do that for <laughs> everybody? Like, like, yeah, it looks bad for EJ, but the only lead role you ever got is because your boyfriend poisoned somebody. Now everybody knows that. <laughs> Take that conversation to like the car or something. Like, <laughs> he said it wasn't divine intervention. <laughs> it wasn't divine intervention that got you the lead role. And she was like, "What? Why are you like, surprised?" <laughs> You sick for that? Oh my god! And then when she name drops Gina in front of everyone, like she was like, "Yeah, Gina isn't the only wonder study I need to worry about." Like I would have been. First of all, everyone in that line would have told Gina realistically and started even more yeah. drama. Yeah, like I'm surprised that didn't spread. Like, did you hear what happened in the hallways? Right, like Carlos <laughs> would have been like, "Girl, you won't believe." <laughs> is it realistic i i think that okay maybe because i read a lot of fix where this has happened but like yeah so basically i think that that should be a thing that happens in the show like the drama kids are only a group of like what 20 30 kids at the most like they're all close like they should be more drama between like who said what and stuff like i think that should definitely be a part of next season i don't know how well, i but think during be. this for season two they're gonna focus less on like the inner workings of like 
rehearsing for a musical and they're going to focus more on East High dynamics. So hopefully we get to see that pure high school drama that we've been wanting. Hopefully. Right. Because high school, like, I think the thing that was lacking in season one was definitely that high school, do- like, they weren't gossiping that much. Like, the most we got was, like, Nene talking to Courtney and Ricky talking to Red. But, like, that's your close friends. That's not gossip. Like, I wanted to see some good, juicy stuff yeah. go if down. If it was realistic, the drama department would have at least five exposed T Instagram accounts. My school <laughs> has, like, seven. <laughs> Oh my god, it'd be like um, someone would post after homecoming and be like, I saw Ricky and Gina get into a car together, but she came with DJ, what? In season two, they're going to start introducing the social media, like, can they like do a gossip girl or something? Like, they should have something like that, like, Carlos runs a gossip (laughs) girl. Season two. Gossip girl. Oh. No, I'd love that. And like <laughs> Nini's in Denver and she has to see that from far away. Oh my god, imagine she's in Denver that would and, be so funny. and she opens it and it's <laughs> and it's the cast rehearsing and she sees Ricky and Gina in the corner singing together. Uh, that'd be so <laughs> the mess. It would be so messy. See, like the show is missing genuine mess. Like it needs a lot more um okay yeah but gina was messy in episode four i will admit that she was like lurking for sure she like they just showed like she had no other story in the episode except for there would just be shots of her like looking mysterious and i was like yeah like mean girls don't just look at look at other people mysteriously and plot like they have um you know things going on in their life too Mm and then this this also reminds me of um what i said i think like yesterday but does ashlyn even like gina gina was literally next to her while matt not matt ej and nini were performing and she like i can't remember what she said but she definitely whispered something here like whoa this is certainly something oh yeah no okay yeah that's what i thought was messy she was like um like everybody else was so visibly awkward at nini and ej singing and then gina's like obviously like loving it like it's hilarious and she's like thinking she's gonna be able to swoop in and ashlyn's like ashlyn looks kind of like annoyed by her and i'm like why did did they choose ashlyn offering gina a place to stay because even in the thanksgiving episode ashlyn didn't even invite her over to the sleepover and i'm supposed to buy that she would want gina to live with her two episodes doesn't make sense right but i I think what they were trying to go for is that after thanks like Thanksgiving was not Thanksgiving. After homecoming and more so after Thanksgiving was like the turning point for Gina and she became like more liked by everybody. But even then, like they had no like interactions. Yeah. So it was still there was weird. just no one else that they could have had Gina live with, if you think about it. Cause me, no. Right. Even though that would have been messy. That would have been so funny. No. <laughs> So it has, yeah, right. Courtney would have been messy. Courtney, def- Courtney definitely does not like Gina that at much. All. <laughs> she only liked her in not the yet, last episode, and that's probably because Gina saved her from having to go on stage. Right. Oh, do you think they're gonna do a stage? I hope not. I really, really hope not. I think that's gonna be so corny. And first of all, if she was able to sing that <laughs> god awful cover. 
um in episode eight she i kind of feel like that's gonna be her storyline because she's so used to being in nini's like shadow she's never been in the spotlight before i feel like that's probably gonna be her main storyline is being confident and being like in the lead role so probably boo oh and also i couldn't stop thinking about nini's corny riff in the at the end of that song with ej like why did she do that that was so cringe yeah i don't it was embarrassing. Embarrass herself for EJ. Yeah. <laughs> she she just started going off, and he was just like, um, "Not the serve she thought it was right. going to be." Yeah, there's like there's yeah there's nothing more uh, I hate than being embarrassed. So even if I was like super mad at EJ, I would have performed my hardest because it's just so. But we'll get to that. They're just so unprofessional later. with those because EJ was trying to sing. Nini's very unprofessional. Very. Yeah. Like, EJ, at least EJ was, like, he was mad. Like, I think out of that argument that they had, he was, uh, like, going to be the most mad because she was yelling at him. And then he just went up there and sang, and it was fine. But, like, Nini was trying to, like, make a statement. But, like, it's just embarrassing to yourself. And then everybody else, it was just clearly awkward for them. So, I, I mean, why did she do they that? They put that version of the song on Spotify. <laughs> Me too. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Her riff is better on Spotify. It's different. That's why when I watched it, I was like, this is terrible. Um, let me see. Okay. Also, I thought it was... R- I love the joke about the emotional support <laughs> hamster. So funny. When it's eating it's so funny. dinner. he said i think there's a rat eating your protein bar and she's like that's my dinner (laughs) that's sad she lives in her car and eats protein bars speaking of that ricky this episode could not catch a break i felt so bad for him oh so sad after l after l and he was like okay i will give um what's his face (laughs) the props for that scene with nini because he was like on the verge of tears and i think they should have let him down like he was actually eating i'm sorry (laughs) yeah yeah it's true like i was like i genuinely feel so bad i think that's why they got everybody on team ricky like honestly if they had kept this part out and like saved it till later it would have been a more genuine fight between ej and ricky because they both did bad things but putting making ricky do that stupid voicemail and then right after giving him this redemption just made everybody so bad can we talk about that scene for a second and what happened before that that like that whole segment of the episode made me really dislike ricky and nini as a couple like yeah she was just lying it was pretty weird you know everything's the same you can come over whenever you literally want your mom to kick him out Right. And then she was like, it was just gross. The The energy was gross because even if she was genuine about like, you can talk to me still, it just felt very sisterly. And then he yeah, tries to you, kiss her. I don't know if anybody else thought of this, but I think it's so weird that you attempted to kiss your um, ex-girlfriend while you're in her mom's clothes. I think that's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that pride shirt okay, so. was on my timeline for months. Yeah, I was just gonna say that I feel like like Ricky and Gina, not Ricky and Gina, who Ricky and Gina supporters, <laughs> they use that scene as a 
yeah, like they're each other's support systems, like they're there for each other. But literally, like just right before that scene, she tried to kick him out. Like how how can you say that? Right. And then no, and then the thing I don't like about all I want this kind of goes with the scene is that right before the scene she's singing about ej and how he's like a deceptionist or whatever um and then she interacts with ricky he goes home and then she starts singing about how the song's for him and that all she wants is to be okay without men but then she starts singing about the songs about ricky and i was like this doesn't make any sense it's really weird yeah because it's like i thought the song was gonna be about like not choosing anyone and choosing yourself but then it obviously starts shifting more towards being pro-ricky and it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it's weird like i think that she shouldn't have had a whole verse to ricky like she mentions ej she mentions ricky and then like it starts going like i want you yeah, or whatever like it's just weird think about them both equally but she's clearly like this song is still for you and the you is definitely ricky episodes three and four are just a snooze fest like once we get to like episodes five six and seven that's to talk about this episode three. Oh, no one ever talks about this crumb this arena oh i saw it's you talk so about special it. to me it's honestly one of my favorite moments of them because it happened pre-homecoming so if yeah. for those who don't know like didn't see it or notice it gina's rehearsing her status quo dance break for the first time and for a split second you see ricky look at her in awe yeah the implications yep perfect and it's crazy because that happens right after um the skate park it's like the day or the week after so he's like starting to Mm -hmm. take notice of her and she's already starting to take notice of him and it's just oh and so honestly after you see that like little scene And then you see how he reacts during homecoming. It makes a little bit more sense. Like, he's so kind of crazy for how he reacted. But I feel like Ricky always felt like him and Gina had a mutual understanding of each other from the beginning. Right. And, like, I guess... hmm, I don't know. I would say... You know how I said Gina and Nini are kind of, like, um, opposites in Mm -hmm. their stories? I think that Ricky is somewhere between, like, the neutral between that. Mm. And that's why it's a perfect love triangle, too. He's, because he has this balance of his life, his family life is in turmoil, but he has, a he's just found a good support system and friends that he doesn't want to leave. And then Gina leaves. And then his mom's gone. And then he's, at like, he's focusing on this play to distract him. So I think he has that balance of both gina's issues with her talent and her family and then nini with the friends and her talent (laughs) quote unquote (laughs) so i think he's a perfect like mix of the two's different dynamics and and that's why some more than others like, like some parts but right he could definitely like that's why some people can like see him with either he can really carry a love triangle like i have to say He's a good character. I mean, a lot of people don't like him for other reasons, but I love he's I love just him. a really I'm... good character. And he's mm-hmm. a he's, he's a good protagonist too. 
and I can actually care about him. Um, that scene where um he was trying to find the page and his mom came home early. Oh, I, I felt so bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and his mom. I th- I think the casting is really good. Like I was watching, and I was like, she looks it like, like they him. could like, be they look the mother same. and son for sure. But that scene, um, I think that the parents are pretty interesting too like the scene where they she comes in unexpected and they were supposed to meet at the restaurant is crazy like their dynamic is crazy too i'm like very like like, invested in that when he was like quoting the therapist aren't we i was like oh Oh. (laughs) so that was our recap of season one episode three the wonder studies and season one episode four blocking i hope you enjoyed that and if you did go follow at home roomies on twitter to get more updates and to join in on our rewatch next week we're watching episodes five and six and i know a lot of you guys are really excited about episodes five and six so be sure to tune into that and just stay updated on the podcast we have a lot of good things in the works for you guys and we're excited to share them bye besties